Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Football fans, what is good? Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. This is season four of the award-winning podcast where we tell you everything there is to know about football in Southwest Florida. I, of course, am your co-host, Adam Fisher, with the Naples Daily News, and I am not here today with my ex-best friend, Adam Regan. I'm here with two new friends. I got Dustin Levy here. I got Alex Martin, two uh, writers here in Southwest Florida. Dustin Levy, you are new to the news press. Alex Martin, you are with the Naples Daily News for a few years now. I should say it first, our friend Adam Regan has left us. As I said, he is our ex-best friend because he quit on his team. He left sports. He switched over to news side for some reason. Why anyone would want to cover news, I don't know. But he's still here. He's still at the news press. But we're talking sports. We're talking football. Let's start with my new friend, Dustin. Dustin, you've been here about, what, five months? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Tell us about yourself. Well, hello, hello. It's uh, great to be here. Like Adam said, I've been here for about five months. Um, last five years, I was in Hanover, Pennsylvania, uh, not exactly a football recruiting hotspot, more known for its uh, snack food, uh, like <laughs> uh, chips and uh, Snyder's pretzels. But I am originally from Maryland. I went to the University of Maryland. But, you know, I, I've loved my time uh, since I've been down here. It's been great to see all the talent. And how long were you at the, the Hanover paper up there? So about five years where I did all kinds of things. I started news, switched to sports, did a little print stuff. But, you know, high school sports was uh, definitely my passion. Love uh, getting to tell the stories of some really impressive kids. So what you personally, what is your favorite sport? And understand that you have to say football because this is a football <laughs> podcast. Well, uh, let me think about that. It is football. All right. <laughs> that works. And your team obviously is the uh, The, the Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Go Lamar. Awesome. Fantastic. And another guy here with us today uh, and got to be here with us all season. A guy you guys probably know. You see his name out there. Alex Martin. Alex is an Estero native. Is that fair to say? That is correct, yes. Okay, and you went to FTCU. I think you're still at FTCU. Is that right? Yeah, the final semester for me, actually. Um, three classes here in the fall, and then you know I'll be... I'll be graduating, walking across the stage. Um, but real... you've been writing for us the whole time, right? Throughout yeah. college? Yeah, my freshman year... Um, this is 2018, 2019. Um, started freelancing for you guys when I was still on the radio at the time. And then um, I was very fortunate in February of 2019 to get a call from Ed, you know, to, you know, Ed Reed, Ed our Reed boss. yes, to uh, join the sports team. And, you know, that was an opportunity I was not going to pass up at all. Um, and I, I completely forgot that you did stats on the radio with uh, Joe Scladani, right, before coming to the, to the newspaper? Correct, when yeah. you were just in high school. Yeah, I started that. I I was at that gig for, you know, two years. I started it in high school with, you know, Joe Scladani and then uh, Sonny Rodriguez, who was a former teacher at Estero, um, was there for two years, was really, really enjoyed doing that. And that kind of got me to meet you, meet Andy Sodergren at the time, uh, meet Adam Regan, you know, a lot of the guys. And, you know, it was just, it seems like it was a match, you know, I was really happy about. Yeah, you've done a lot of good work for us, Dustin, you as well. You've jumped in, and it got really busy, I think, when you started in March. So you hit the ground running. So if you see these guys out at a uh, football game this week, go say hi to them, um, and we'll get into those games later. But first, before we talk about the 2021 season, I want to take a look back at 2020 because it was such a crazy year. It was a short summer. It was a short off season. 
Let's refresh. What happened last year before we get into this year? Of course, it was 2020. Just like everything else in 2020, the football season was a mess. It started late, obviously, because of the global pandemic. We didn't even know if we were going to have a football season until, what, late July, August. Private school started a few weeks before um, public schools. The public school started in September, like September 17th, I believe. Does that sound accurate, Alex? Yeah, that's correct. That was night one. Um, I and remember Palmetto Ridge and Naples. That was you know, right. the very highly anticipated week one game that you were at. That's right. It, that was a, a crazy game. Before we get into that, let's say that because the season started late, most schools did not play 10 regular season games, as is normal. Most had seven or eight. Some of the private schools got to 10. And then everybody made the playoffs. Every single team that wanted to, anyone with shoulder pads and cleats, got to go to the FHSAA playoffs for the first time. They did that because, you know, the schedules were so messed up because of COVID. They didn't want to punish teams that had to miss some games. Um, so remember that in 20 years when you're looking back and you see, oh, my goodness, uh, Island Coast won a playoff game in 2020. Well, you know, every, everyone got into the playoffs. And that's nothing against Island Coast. But what stands out when you look back on last season, Alex, whether it be a team, a player, you know, what was the biggest story in your mind from 2020? I, I think down the stretch it was, you know, the game that really you – know, Dunbar and Palmetto Ridge. I think Palmetto Ridge just, you know, they had the offensive firepower, probably the most – one of the more balanced offenses, you know, in all of Lee and Collier County. And, you know, the stout Dunbar defense, even though they're high-powered as well, they held them to nine points. And I thought that was a game that really showed, you know, how talented not just Dunbar is or not how talented Naples is, but Palmetto Ridge finally cracking the glass ceiling and just breaking through that next tier. Um, And then North Fort Myers with their season – Unfortunately, they matched up against Naples in that week one or that play-in game. You know, that very easily um, could have been a regional final contest if we were in a regular playoff format. Well, and I had forgotten North Fort Myers as I was doing my research on last year for this season. I forgot they were 8-0 in the regular season, correct? Mm -hmm. And they walk into Naples, and what happens when you go to Naples in the playoffs? You get thumped. They got thumped. And so that that was very unfortunate. Palmetto Ridge was the story of the season in uh, Collier County. They went 9-0, including their first win ever against the uh, juggernaut of Naples High School. Um, Dustin, what about you? As, as you're looking back on last year, I'm sure you've been looking back, you're doing the season previews right now. Any any questions you have or anything stand out about 2020 since you were not here? Sure. I think, uh, you know, with last season being so unprecedented with uh, teams not being able to train and get ready in the ways that they traditionally uh, have before, do you think we'll be seeing some dramatic shifts in, you know, either teams improving, teams declining, Maybe more parity? What are you guys expecting? Well, I think there was a ton of parity last year in Collier County um, because of that reason. And I don't just mean Palmetto Ridge, you know, beating Naples High School. I think Baron Collier, uh, Laley, even Golden Gate, who only won, I think, one game, they were all kind of, I don't want to say middle of the road, but they were all more evenly matched, I think, because there wasn't as much time to prepare. So I think maybe we see the opposite. Maybe we see the, the bad teams sink a little bit and the better teams rise a little bit. What do you say, Alex? I think the growing consensus here among all the coaches that Dustin and I um, talked to at Lee County Media Day was that they were ahead you know, on day one or day two or day three of practice yeah. than they were at the start of last year. Um, I think you're probably right on that with the better teams having more time. They're going to return to their normal form from 2019. And, you know, the teams like Golden Gate or the teams, you know, like Laley and whatnot, maybe take a small step back, if that. I think there's a chance that you see a lot of competition up here in Lee County between the juggernauts 
and down in Collier County, it might be, you know, a three-team runaway in Barron, Collier, Palmetto Ridge, and Naples. Well, you just stole my thunder from the next segment when we talk about top three Collier teams, because I think that might be it. But we'll get into that later. You had mentioned Media Day, and that's something that the uh, Lee County Public Schools do up here, which I think is very cool, where they get everyone together, just like a college Media Day. You get to meet the coaches, meet some players. Dustin, this was your first experience, you know, meeting all those Lee County guys, for the most part. I know you were here for spring football. I don't know, what what stood out? What would you think of that to whole process and all, all the uh, Lee County coaches and players as a whole? Uh, really, really well done, really uh, professional. I was impressed by how transparent and open the coaches were talking about, you know, the challenges they're still facing uh, throughout the pandemic, and uh, the players are ready. They're, they're excited uh, to start hitting people. When we're talking about offseason, one thing I do want to point out, it was a very short summer. Because school started late here in southwest Florida due to the pandemic in 2020, it didn't end until the middle of June. That means teams didn't get into their full-time summer program until, you know, the end of June. And then all of a sudden, August, what, 10th, it, school started all, all the way up again. So um, I think we might see an effect with that. And, of course, you always have the early season rains and thunderstorms and tropical systems that come through. So I was talking to a coach last night who said, we've had like four real practices so far this summer. Now we're playing a game on Friday. So who knows what effect – That'll have. Anything else, my friend? And you mentioned the short summer. Uh, You can go to news-press.com to read a story that Dustin did over the summer on that, talking with, you know, James Cheney and some other other coaches around the area on how that affected things leading into the fall. Thanks for the shout-out. I was going to say, sick plug, man. (laughs) Week one, Alex is already on his plug game. I appreciate it. So, all right. Well, that's all you need to know about last year. Now the part you're waiting for, we're going to get into 2021. We're going to tell you who to watch. We're going to tell you who the best teams are going to be right after this. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back into the uh, first episode of the fourth season of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. We are back now. We're ready to break down 2021. This Friday, we've got the first preseason games, 18 games in our area, which is a ton. So we want to tell you who to look for, who the best teams are going to be. And of course, we're going off the cuff because we haven't seen any of these people play. Who knows? This could all change next week. But my man, Dustin... I put you in charge of the Lee County Public Schools. I said, give me your top three schools. We're going to bounce around. But first off, who's your – give me one of them. Not necessarily your number one, but who is one of the top three schools in uh, Lee County? So for me, this is based on uh, reading up on last year, the Lee County Media Days, and uh, a little bit of the spring football action. Um, These are in no particular order. Don't want anyone to get mad at me. Uh, But my first team is North Fort Myers. Uh, obviously, you guys mentioned that 8-0 start uh, of the regular season last year. There are some question marks. They lost a big senior class, but the coaching staff is really high on the athleticism of this team. Something that you know is a big boon to them is the fact that uh, their sophomore quarterback, Tanner Helton, uh, got uh, some key starts last year. He is uh, six foot three. I saw him in the spring game, and he, he looks apart. What impressed me about him was that as that game went on, they played uh, Port Charlotte in a really competitive uh, spring game. Um, he, he got better as that game went on. He actually led uh, the game-tying drive, uh, scored in the impromptu overtime that they held, uh, and that was without some of the transfers that they're getting. Um, Bo Somerset, Scotty Olean, uh, that 
offense is going to be dynamic. And it doesn't help to have a, a, a solid kicker in Brandon Bush. Um, so that's a team I am really excited about. Uh, they know what they're doing. and uh, So I, I do want to ask you, and this is good for me because I've been nose deep in the Carrier County previews. I haven't had a chance to dig into the Lee County schools as much. So I'm kind of getting my knowledge from you. You're coaching me up as well. North Fort Myers, they pound that ball, man. They always, they always have some guy pushing – a thousand yards last year. They rushed for two hundred and forty yards a game. Is that what we're going to see from them again? Are they big up front? Are they got good backs? I think we'll be seeing some changes this year. They've oh. been talking about how they're going to be changing to a spread offense, and uh, that has a lot to do with the the guys that are there. Which you know, I, I like that they're adapting to uh, the talent that they have. Tanner Heldon, he has an arm. He, he's a big guy. Uh, Bo Somerset, obviously a dynamic playmaker. He, the ball is going to definitely be getting it in his hands yeah and they also have you know guys Dominic Rendon Santino Arroyo uh that you know know what they're doing and uh looked good in the spring games sounds good we're gonna bounce around like I said I'm gonna talk to you about Collier County Public Schools now keep in mind when we talk about Collier County Public Schools there's only seven and one of those if you're a loyal subscriber to the Naples Daily News you know is now independent in Immokalee so Mockley's not going to be in my top three. So my top three is only one is one half of the, the all the football teams. But no surprise, they're going to call me a homer. They're going to say I'm a Naples guy, but it's Naples. I mean, Na- Naples High, after what they did at the end of last year, as far as they came in the first year under their new coach, Rick Martin, that's when you have your most growing pains, they got smoked week one. Looked like, I'll say it, a JV team. They dropped the ball seven times in that week one game last year to almost beat Miami Central. Naples led Miami Central in the fourth quarter last year, and that just blew me away. They've got their quarterback back. They've got two dynamic backs back. They've got their receivers back. They're young up front on both sides of the ball, but then on defense, one coach described it to me that their defensive secondary looks like a college defensive secondary. Uh, secondary. You've got Devin Moore who's going to Notre Dame. You've got Jonas Duclona who will go to a Power 5 school. So, And other teams, I think, have gotten a little bit younger. I mean, it's going to be Naples, no surprise. Sound good to everybody? Yeah. All right. Alex, I put you in charge of private schools. Who's going to be the best private school in Lee and Collier? So that's what, about 10? We have about 10 private schools we cover? About 10, yeah. I think this is pretty much a runaway between Bishop Vero and First Baptist. Yeah. Um, you know, First Baptist has always, you know, done a good job. Billy Sparacia, one of the better-minded coaches in the area. Um, new quarterback this year, which will be interesting to – to look at with Ty Keller uh, coming in from Gulf Coast, kind of sitting behind Connor Barrett for two mm-hmm. seasons, um, with Rich Melian, a former Naples Daily News Offensive Football Player of the Year finalist, shifting the receiver, kind of going to serve as a do-it-all guy. Uh, but I'm very intrigued by Bishop Vro and their quarterback as well. It's Car- his name is Carter Smith, and if you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it. It might not be for football, but come springtime. Smith is ranked the third overall prospect in the freshman class. So if everything goes as planned, you could be hearing his name called in the first round of the MLB draft in a couple of years. How is the uh, the Bishop Rowe uh, coaching situation going to affect them, or will it, do you think? I think Richie Rowe joining Josh Vogelbach in terms of the spread, you know, two offensive-minded spread coaches, I think that creates a lot of um, – options i think there there's a lot of discussions that are you know being had right now with just deciding on things but with those two guys in the same system richie said it was a match made in heaven he was very happy with the transition um but with chris graves out wide with mason Stallhut, you know in the slot they got a decent little squad um and they're young 
which will be interesting to see with the schedule that they're playing this season. And we saw the success Richie Road had at Cypress Lake. He took over a losing program, go to the playoffs at least two straight years. Last year they won their first two playoff games in school history, and now he's at a private school that you know can offer academic scholarships, of course, to athletes. Uh, so he has a kind of the pick of the litter there, some great talent. Let's go back to Lee County. Dustin, give me another team to look out for in uh, Lee County this fall. So this is another team I got the chance to see in the spring, and that is Dunbar. Uh, Dunbar uh, played Estero in the spring. It was uh, pretty one-sided, but, uh, you know, Estero showed some character in that game. But Dunbar looked fantastic. The one thing that really stood out to me was their depth. Uh, Coach Brown talked about how, for the first time in his tenure there, they're too deep at every position. And uh, that's going to make them a really, really tough team. And they got quarterback Davian Palmer back, right? Yes, in his third year, that uh, he has big expectations on him. Uh, and you know, with Dunbar, you got to talk about the defense. Uh, Sean Russ is a lockdown corner, and uh, what's interesting is Coach Brown talked about how they have a lot of depth there. Uh, they have a lot of young, promising guys coming up, and they're also getting transfers in Jordan Church from ECS, uh, Barry White. Um, so they're going to be able to run the ball well. And I don't think people realize, and I didn't until I started looking up, you know, stats from last year. I believe, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, Davion Palmer led the county and led the area in passing last season, 22-77, which is slightly more than Jacob Azizi there at the pass-heavy Bishop Barrow, and looks like more than Dylan McNamara at Baron Collier. The so. only one I can think of, you know, off the top of my head that may have beat him would have been Eli Moore at SFCA with that air raid offense. So Moore but was actually on pace last year to set the Lee County passing record, mm-hmm. but then it kind of tapered off. So yes. he finished with 1940, 1,940 yards passing. So he was up there. Going back to Collier County, two more. I'm going to give you two of them because I don't know which way to rank them. Two teams to watch out for. And again, like Alex said at the top of the show, no surprise. Palmetto Ridge, Baron Collier, the two teams we're always looking for. I do think Laley should be pretty good this year. Um, and Gulf Coast, I'm not sure what to expect from Gulf Coast, but I, I know that Baron Collier is going to be good because they have the best returning quarterback in Dylan McNamara, a guy that threw for 2,000 yards last year. Palmetto Ridge, they lost a lot. They lost their both quarterbacks who threw a lot. They lost two Division I receivers, uh, but they still have a running back who's a junior, but he already has 2,500 yards rushing in uh, Jaden Booker. His brother is at quarterback, and he's just as athletic, uh, slightly faster. I mean, this kid's built. Um, Hosea Booker, who can run, but he also threw two passing touchdowns in the spring game. Problem with Palmetto Ridge is they're young. And Chris Token had even said, we're young, but we're talented. You know, these kids are talented. They just may not have the experience. So I think Palmetto Ridge and Baron Collier are going to be the uh, two and three teams in whatever order you want to put them in Collier County as far as the public schools. Private schools, Alex, you gave me Bishop Rowe, you gave me First Baptist, anyone else that you're keeping an eye on? Kind of like in wait-and-see mode here, but I think ECS has a decent chance of, you know, winning a couple games this year. Um, Just talking to a couple coaches around the area, uh, people are saying that Miles Graham has a chance to really become a four, perhaps a five-star prospect here in a couple months. Um, His dad was pretty good, right? Yeah. Who's his dad? Ernest Graham, playing the NFL. No big deal. No big deal. Um, but I think they have a decent little shot. They lost Winston Watkins to IMG, of course. Um, their leading receiver last year is an eighth grader, but they got some guys in. Jaden Humphreys transfers from Bishop Faroe to ECS, a slot receiver. You know, only had 148 receiving yards last year, but that was playing in an offense with Chris Graves and Malik Curtis, who obviously stole the show. And might I not forget Carson Powers at the tight end position as well. 
Awesome, awesome. So that's our brief little mini preview on the football teams heading into 2021. I know you think we were wrong. Everyone thinks we're wrong. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Indian underscore prep zone or what is it? NPHS Sports on Twitter. Please let us know if you agree or disagree. And then after this break, we're going to tell you what to look for on these preseason games. After the games each week, go to NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Welcome back into this final segment where we will break down these preseason games. As I said at the top of the show, 18 preseason games on Friday night. And first, guys, let me just say, it feels great to be back. School's back in session. You know, it's not quite getting cool. Dustin, this will be your first fall in Florida. There is no fall in Florida. It goes from <laughs> mega summer to kind of not as hot for a couple weeks. But I can see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel when it's going to start getting cooler. Get that football weather here. Football season is here. Alex, I'll start with you, man. What, what's, uh, what's something to watch for during these preseason games on Friday? I think the number one thing um, to be really paying attention to this week is to see how North Fort Myers performs. You know, coming off a of COVID pause, they're only going to have five days of practice leading into their preseason game against Estero. You know, they're fortunate it's only a preseason game and they'll have another week after this to work. But I'm very intrigued to see, you know, how they perform against a a decent scrappy little team, you know, in week one. And then the other thing I'm really kind of focusing on, you know, Naples beat Lehigh 39 nothing last year. They were Lehigh was held to negative nine rushing yards as a team. Um, I'm really looking to see if that Lehigh offensive line, which is very upperclassman heavy, four seniors to my knowledge, to see if they can take the next step and get Richard Young some yards in the backfield to see if they can – you know, compete against a Naples front line that is young, but of Rick Martin always has them ready to go. Yeah, I also am intrigued by that. I'm going to be down there at Staver Field on Friday night. Um, always fun. We can have an actual good, you know, intense, competitive preseason matchup. Dustin, what what are you looking forward to this uh, Friday? So on Friday, I will be covering uh, Cape Coral. will be hosting uh, Fort Myers and Ida Baker. They'll each be playing halves against each other. Uh, what's interesting about that game is I saw Fort Myers play uh, in the same format in the spring, and they went 0-2 against uh, Palmetto Ridge and Lake Wales. So, and Coach Sirianni was adamant that the spring is the spring. You know, this is going to be the real test to see how much uh, they improved over the off season. Uh, so we'll see a look at them. Also with Ida Baker, um, Zach Malpica is going to be playing both ways. He'll be a player I'll be uh, keeping my eye on. And Cape Coral with the new head coach and Barry Bowman, uh, very, very Texas man. He had a lot of success there. Uh, and seeing how, how they look as they try to rebuild there. Sounds good. For me, like I said, I'm covering Naples, but I'm intrigued by uh, down in Collier County. Golf Coast plays at Laley. And as I told you earlier, not a lot of – Collier County public school teams, only seven. So anytime there's a, a public school matchup, that's always interesting. It's a bit of a rivalry. Laley has a, a new quarterback in Brian Bachman, but a guy that started in the playoffs last year against uh, Miami Central due to injury. They got a running back that uh, Coach J.J. Everidge is super hyped about, and Gershom 
Garrier, I hope I'm saying that right, Gershom. Um, and then Golf Ghost with Connor Barrett coming back. We mentioned Dylan McNamara at the top. Um, I think there's a bit of a rivalry there for who's going to be the best uh, quarterback, at least the passing quarterback, in Collier County this year. And also a story we haven't been able to mention, and maybe we can talk about it a bit here, but Gateway Charter at Immokalee. If you've been following the news, once proud Immokalee, once state champion Immokalee, is now an FHSAA independent because of lack of players. They had been moved up this year to 7A. They only had less than 30 players uh, this fall, which uh, caused them just last week, you know, a week before the game start, to cancel their entire schedule and play against uh, independent teams rather than the 7A teams, the 6A teams of the public schools. Uh, But they did keep the spring game because it's against another smaller school in Gateway Charter. Um, Alex, what what do you think of this Immokalee deal? This was a team that made it to the state final four nine years ago. This is a program that has produced Mackenzie well, Alexander. State runner up nine years ago. They yeah. were in the final four four years ago, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. They were a regional champion, and and they've uh, fallen pretty far. Yeah, and this is a school you know that has produced Edger and James, who was just inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, about a week ago, Mackenzie Alexander played at Clemson, now in the league. Deidre and Sanat. I can go on and on with the you know the amount of talent that they produced. I, I think it was just a stunning development that they can only get 25 kids out to a practice each week. And in your story, I guess some players might not be happy because Johnny Smith, you know, due to COVID, hasn't been able to get down there and build relationships with some of his players. Yeah, there's been a bit of a disconnect, which Johnny Smith was the first to admit. And so he's working on that. He's working with the younger group. He has a freshman team. They're keeping their freshman team because he feels it's important to allow his freshmen to actually play competitive games, not just drag them up to varsity and get kicked in the butt on a Friday night. But speaking to Johnny Smith, I will say, man, he he's, he's saying the right things, you know, and it seems like the administration has faith in him. That's what you wonder about in Immokalee because we've seen so many coaches railroaded out of town by their um, – fiery fans when you don't win a game. Well, now you're not even competing for the playoffs. How's that going to fly in Immokalee? But the principal uh, I talked to a little bit yesterday, and their AD seemed to have faith in him, so hopefully they give Johnny Smith the time to kind of build this back up. Anything else? Anything else sticking out uh, in either county? Any other games you're looking at? Anything else uh, you want to discuss here as we get set for the first week of football? Well, right now, Gateway is currently 1-0 and all-time as a varsity program with their win over SFCA. You're talking Gateway High. Yes. That's not... going to be confusing this year, guys. Mm-hmm. We've got a Gateway High School, which is the, the newest public high school in Lee County, and we have Gateway Charter, which obviously is a charter school. So Gateway High School, what, what, what are they looking like this year, Alex? Do they have a full varsity schedule? What are they doing? They are, yeah. They're going to open up um, you know, in the preseason game against Mariner, and then week one they're playing – their name rival, Gateway Charter, at oh, home. Oh, a rivalry. I smell a rivalry brewing. You know, we love the rivalries down here. you got to have your uh, the bell game and the catfish bowl and all that stuff. Dustin, how excited are you to get your first Friday night out in Florida football? This ain't this ain't Pennsylvania football. This is Florida football. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to get used to the lightning, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully we won't be sitting in our cars too much waiting because that is ugh, a pain in the butt. I will say it's been pretty good over the past few years. Knock on wood. I was going to say, I don't want to jinx it. I didn't have one single lightning delay last year. Not one. And I don't know how that happens in my, what, 14 years down here? That's never happened. So I think that's it, guys. Real quick, I want you guys to plug. Alex, tell me how how people can follow you on social media. On uh, Instagram, if you want to follow me there, it's AlexMartinXIII. On Twitter, it's NP underscore Alex Martin. Go ahead, Dustin. Uh, The best way to find me is on Twitter at Dustin B. Levy. That is L-E-V-Y. Sounds good. And remember, everyone, we have got football covered end-to-end 
Friday to Friday this year. We've got game previews. We've got rankings. We've got the live scoreboard on Friday nights at NaplesNews.com slash sports and News-Press.com slash sports. Follow the Twitter accounts we mentioned before. On Twitter, I am at NDN underscore Adam. And let us know what you think of the podcast and what you want to hear from us this season. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games.